You're listening to the Beyond the Profi podcast, where we help you out of career burnout so that you can reclaim your personal freedom while pursuing your passion. I'm your host, Jasmine Haley, entrepreneur, influencer, and educator that will help empower you with our interviews, strategies, and straight talks. If you're ready to push past your comfort zone to your greatness, you have found the right podcast. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, this is Jasmine Haley, your host of the Beyond the Profi podcast. And our guest for this week is Irene Yanko. She is a Toronto-based dental educator, international speaker, clinical dental hygiene instructor, mentor, and two-saver since 2007. Woo-woo! Hey, girl. The founder of Tooth Life. She's a private practice owner, which is why we're going to be talking to her today. And she's a fellow podcaster of Tooth and Dare podcast. You've met her uh, other half, Teeth Talk Girl. And so we love to extend a really warm welcome to you, Irene, for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Holy moly. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm just excited to talk to you. Uh, just uh, yesterday, I talked to Whitney, and it was so wonderful getting a chance to get to know her. So now I get so to sweet. It's, yeah. Yeah, she's the sweetest. She's yes. like, she's the sweetest, sweetest. I, I just love her. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. I sing her praises. Listen, the first time I met her was uh, RDH on the One Roof. And I believe it was August of 2018. I think that was when it was. And it was just, she's just a breath of fresh air. So she so, so is working with her has been awesome. I, I hate to hijack the show and talk all the praises of Whitney. Cause I'm sure everyone, if they already heard their, her episode, they already know how wonderful she is. She's, she's a cool chick for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what I found very, very inspiring about your journey is the fact that you are a practice owner and you're in the midst of diving in deep and so deep we've got to talk about that because like there are so many hygienists that wish they could be in that position unfortunately we have states like where i live super conservative right so like just tell us and and you know and and my province so canada works very similar to where the u.s is and we're broken up into provinces versus states but yeah you know my province is, is a relatively new thing too like within a decade that dental hygienists can open up their own independent practices. And in our country, it's the same thing. So we're, you know, divided in many aspects, just like you are. Um, and it's about time. Like yeah. it's about time that we have our own licenses and we have our own standard of, of care and we, we have our own treatment processes and diagnostics. And it's about time that we can operate independently. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you see these lift- nifty little Facebook groups where people are commenting about the terrible things that are happening to them every week. And my boss did this, and my boss did that. And you, you see the screenshots, you know, we're not even going to talk about the whole violations of HEPA and all that fun stuff. But, you know, it's about time that we can manage our own lives the way we should be managing them and treating our patients and clients the way we know we are ought to be treating them. Yeah. What was that process like in your province with getting that change like what kind of things occurred during that um 
kind of legislative aspect of getting that passed. Yeah. Recall, like, you know, I don't, like, you know, I'm only into hygiene. I'm in, I'm going into my 12th year. So I would have been so new. Like my hair was still wet from the boat ride over from dental hygiene school. Like I, <laughs> I would have been, I would have been so fresh out that at that point, and I know what I was doing. Like I, I knew that it was a thing, but I, it wasn't a dream for me at that point. I was hustling seven days a week just trying to pay off my student loans like everybody else kind of thing. So it wasn't, it, it wasn't a reality for me. And it, it wasn't even a dream for me at that point because I didn't realize how much of an impact being a business over, owner could have on, on dental hygiene as a whole. Um, so yeah, I don't remember what that legislation looked like. I remember reading about it in the, in the milestone minutes. We get this magazine called Milestones actually. And you hear about all the amazing things that happened at that time, but I wasn't part of it. I just know that year five is when my light flickered when I was like, Hey, like this, this could be a really cool thing. And it happened for me in the sense that I worked for some great employers and I worked for some not so motivating employers. Mm -hmm. And I could see the things that I would do differently if I were to be an employer or if I were to run my own business. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the downfall is that we are dental people. We're often not business owners and we don't often know how to run a business. My last boss had an MBA, so she knew what she was doing, but she realized she needed to get her MBA later in her career to be able to manage her business properly. So I've been very fortunate that I've had a little bit of both. Like I have a degree in poli sci before I became a dental hygienist and was in the business world before I became a dental hygienist. And you know, that light flickered at year five for me and thought, hey, how cool would it be if I could one day own my own business? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely want to give a shout out to the Canadian Dental Hygiene Association because I know they probably had a huge impact on getting huge. that change. And huge, massive. is so important when it comes to that, um, especially because I know that if it's possible for you all, it's definitely possible for us to be able to see that change. You know what, the CDJ has been instrumental in um, the educational aspect of starting your own business. They've got some really great modules that when you become a member of the independent practice, and I might be saying it wrong, so correct me if I'm if anyone out there is saying things, if I'm saying things wrong, but um, if you become a member of the independent dental hygiene network, um, there's a series of videos that you can watch and it talks you through everything. Like it talks you through putting a business plan together and it talks you through what the coding look like, looks yeah. like and how to set up your own software management system. And, you know, they're an email away, which has been so helpful to me in like, how do I get registered with insurance companies and how do I create my own billing systems? Like these are all things that as a hygienist, I had no clue about. I know that I do my scaling I do my profi, I document my time, I put my code in, I know what my code is, but I don't know what happens after the fact. Like, where does it go? Who takes it from there? You know, you take your patient up to the front desk and the receptionist somehow hands them a paper and it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. So that's the part that I find the most struggling, the most challenging. And the CDJ has made it so helpful and easy um, to be able to take those challenges and turn them into, you know, a pleasure. Yeah, I love that. You know, entrepreneurship has been the wildest journey I've been in. And Girl, I hear you. So 
if I had known, if I got like a little <laughs> bit of an inkling that my life would yeah. be like this, I probably would have been like, you know what? Let me just hold off on this right now. Would you have believed yourself if 10 years ago you were to tell, to tell yourself that 10 years from now you'll be here? I would have been no. like, no chance. No, no. I would have been like, shut the front door. No. Like, uh-huh get up out of here. I don't think so. Like I had my life planned out. Like this is exactly what it was going to be. And it's so hmm. interesting that you mentioned that it never happens life, the way you plan it, it though. No. no. And then like the life experiences that we have, the different encounters, how they kind of shape the trajectory of where our life leads. And that's why I think one of the greatest things with being an entrepreneur has taught me is to just kind of go with the flow because right. I'm intentional with my steps and my strategies and, and things that I'm doing now and thinking in a different way. But I also know there's a factor of, of a of risk that I'm willing to take and know that I can't plan out for everything, you know, just do right. the best that you can. So like what, yeah. what got you to that? Okay. So you got that little bit of a twinkle and like, yeah, five, but like what made you really step into that place of I'm ready to own my own practice. What led yeah. you there? And like, how did you prep yourself internally? Cause there's an internal <sighs> journey we have to go through too, to get to yeah. that. Step. That's the hardest part. So yeah. I think it has a lot to do with all of the aspects of my life. And in my intro, you said like all of the things that I get to do and I'm so fortunate and lucky that life has brought me to where it has today. And you know what? Luck and hard work look a lot like the same thing. So I'm not going to discredit that at all. Cause you got to hustle to get to wherever you're going. Um, and I think that that is what made that light switch go on for me originally at year five. And then it went off because I realized how hard it was. And then it went back on this past year. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that happens. Like sometimes you hit a roadblock and you aren't quite sure what you are personally able to handle and what your life is able to handle. And you, you know, I just watched this video today, um, Ariana Grande, One Woman of the Year. And she, did you see that video? If you haven't, you should. And if everyone's listening, I don't know. I'm an Ariana Grande fan, but Mm -hmm. she said something very eloquently that, you know, as much as it appears as though you have your whole life figured out and that people see you and you can bleep this out and they see you and they think you've got your shit together. It's often the people that you think have their stuff together that are at some point struggling, whether that's internally or whether that's professionally, you can't always have everything figured out at the same time. So at year five, at year five, I thought I had everything figured out. And then I realized I didn't. My personal life was all over the place, but my professional life was on point. And then I tried to get my personal life back into place, which made me let go of some of my professional life stuff. And then I went from teaching to speaking to working in a private practice, working into multiple private practices and doing educational stuff, starting to life. Um, and I, I was doing them in all different places geographically. I needed a place to be able to bring all those things together. And that's where Tooth Life Studio came in. So started my business plan again, ripped up the old one because I realized my business model has changed. It's not just about client care. It's about providing education, providing education to my fellow dental hygienist, the peeps out there that want to do hands-on courses, which my practice will also be a, a chamber for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, I'm creating a philosophy as opposed to just a practice. And um, a safe place for patients and a safe place for hygienists. And that's my goal. That's, that's where this studio space um, will evolve to, I hope. Um, 
It will. But it hasn't been easy. It hasn't it been easy. Yeah. And, you know, you said, like, how do you do it? So, you, you know, you start your business plan and you figure out if your numbers work. And my numbers worked. But the terrible part of it is that when you're applying for a business loan, you're applying for a business loan in the same department that a dentist is applying for a loan, a physician is applying for a loan, a chiropractor, a physiotherapist, all independent professionals that have different billables. So when a hygienist goes in, and the reason that there aren't many dental hygiene professionals out there opening up their own practices is because the banks don't know how to evaluate us. And they don't understand that you know, I might not be able to hire a dentist, but I can rent out my chair to a dentist. I'm, I can hire another hygienist. I can hire a restorative hygienist. I can hire a physician to come in and do in Botox therapy for TMJ issues. I can hire a specialist to come in to do stuff for airway. So just because, you know, you can't evaluate it doesn't mean that it's not feasible. Um, so, you know, they put you into this bracket. They're like, oh, well, a dentist would be making $600 per hour for their chair time. But a hygienist, you know, based on your codes, you can only bill at a maximum X amount. So it's, it was an argument. Like it was the better part of four months of me sitting down with these three people that were evaluating and pulling apart my business plan, like aggressively, mm-hmm. not understanding who I am and what I do. Um, until finally one of them Googled me. Like they legit took my name and put it in a Google search and was like, this is, you know, you are different than other people. And yeah, we are all different. Business owners are different. Entrepreneurs are different. And you can't bulk us all together. Yeah, absolutely. In a nutshell. You know, it's interesting because I am on the other end of bootstrapping. I decided not to take out um, a loan of any sort and just organically as I'm slowly making the steady climb to um, do the work that I'm doing, but I still had to create a business plan. Like that's the foundation, but yeah, a business plan for a bank. It's is totally different. Nother, it's like, it's like a dissertation. The projections, the projections <laughs> are different. Your yes. executive summary is different. My business plan was 34 pages long. Yeah. Um, and it has, you know, projections with respects to, your cash flow, including your loans that you have to pay. So um, shout outs to Patterson who they are helping me so much with my, my equipment because, you know, there's two ways that you can buy equipment for your practice. You can buy new or you can buy used. Mm-hmm. And if you buy used or refurbished, that's cool too. Um, you can go to like eBay, you can go to, we have Kijiji here, like you can buy stuff from practices that are renovating, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to open up my own brand spanking. Like I want to peel off that plastic wrapper off of my side can dishwasher. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to do things from fresh, from a start. And you know, they, they don't give you many discounts because you're a hygienist. Like Mm -hmm. the equipment is the equipment. A compressor is a compressor. Mm-hmm. Um, but Patterson has been great and, you know, they accepted and recognized that, you know, I'm trying to do something different and I'm trying to set a standard for dental hygienists opening up their own practices and that we deserve to have all of the new and the sparkly and the fresh. Um, and we deserve to have a bit of a discount at that too, because, you know, we don't make as much as a dentist would. Yeah, that would be awesome if they had a whole calendar just for independent dental hygienists, like a whole catalog. Yeah. For prices that we could yep. 
that were comparable yeah. to, like to the services that we provide. So, Absolutely. So, you know, I was leading also into some of the internal struggles that we have because I actually just released a podcast this week talking about building the self-confidence. And I'm telling you, it is, it's a challenge to feel confident enough in our ability to achieve what our goals may be. So I believe in yeah. fully getting to like the nitty gritty of that and getting vulnerable in that sense, because a lot of people who look at our pages, our social media pages, our Facebook pages, just like you just said, they feel like we know everything. We've got it all together. And girl, it's the highlight is. reel. It's the highlight reel. Yeah, exactly. We only put out the best of the best, right? Actually, I just put out like when I was looking a hot mess, <laughs> when I ventured out the house. Um, but yeah, like, so what are some ways in which you've kind of built your confidence over the years? and kind of evolving and shaping what your career has been, what your journey yeah. has been like. My husband said it really nicely and eloquently. My husband's an accountant, so he's been very helpful in you know, this whole process. And he's very much, I'm the visionary and he's the implementer. I come up with these like elaborate, crazy ideas and he's the one that brings me back down. I swear, if, I, if it wasn't <laughs> for him, we'd, we'd either be broke or millionaires. That's what I say. Like, we'd either be like... <laughs> ridiculously wealthy or we would be completely broke right. um, yeah like I don't, we, we don't know but we're we're good so um he said it last year I spoke in Singapore and um Chris posted a, he doesn't post on social media often and he posted a photo of me on a stage um with like hundreds of people in the audience and it was the first time that he had ever heard me speak you know he comes to these events but he doesn't often like hang out the show floor um, or comes to my, you know, he knows malocclusion. Like that's the only word he knows in dentistry. That <laughs> and, now and now carries risk assessment. He knows that one okay. too. Um, and he took a photo and he posted it. And then someone that he went to high school with, like made a comment, like, oh, your life's like so fabulous. And so this and so that. And he responded, he's like, she makes it look easy, but what you don't see is the hard work that got to bringing someone halfway across the world. Um, the emails, the phone calls, uh, in the middle of the night, like me trying to deal with things in Asia, you're 12 hours ahead or 12 hours behind. Mm -hmm. So I'm up till 3am because it's 3pm their time. Mm -hmm. Um, those are the things that you don't see. And those often are the things that, how do you even post that on social media? Mm -hmm. Like the tear filled eyes when an event get canceled and you've spent 45 hours on a presentation, like you know, I'm getting real. I don't know who's yeah. listening to this. If my sponsors are listening, I still love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is all about but, the real deal. And yeah, yeah, and it's real. It's like it's, it's tough. You know, being a business owner um, of any kind, whether you're, you know, gallivanting the world, making things look fabulous, or if you're grinding in your basement, like putting together packages um, to ship out on your Etsy store, like it's all hard work and yeah. you do it, do it cause you love it. And ultimately everything else should fall into play. So yeah, I don't remember where that question went to. We went, I went on, I do that. I do. It's like, I drive by the street and Chris and I are having a conversation in the car. I'm like, Oh look, chickens. Like <laughs> <laughs> driving down the country roads, oh. having an in-depth conversation about world domination. And I see a goat and it's all over. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Like a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what's a day in the life of Tooth Life Irene? What does oh, it gosh. look like for you right now with the Every projects day is that you have? And different. 
Yeah. Every day is different. Um, my constants are, I teach at a dental hygiene school. So my constants are Tuesday mornings, Wednesday mornings, and Thursday mornings. Those don't change. I teach in clinic and I teach theory courses as well. So those are my like, I know that those three days of the week, the mornings are at least going to look the same. Um, the beauty of my practice build is that there's this like kind of two week period now that I'm in where we're waiting for permitting and, um, the design stuff is what I'm, I'm focusing on. So I've picked out my chairs, which are beautiful. Uh, picked out all of my, Oh my God, girl, they're beautiful. They're like this gorgeous tan leather with this copper stitching and it's all gold and copper. So the whole office is all gold and copper. It's like all concrete floors and ceilings, exposed ducts and beams that are all getting painted white. Floors are going to be a raw concrete, all open concept. Like it's going to be beautiful operatories are massive they're like nine foot operatories lighting all across the whole entire west side of the practice so that was you know when I was making my list of places that I wanted um my I had like a top five list of things that I needed one of them was lighting another one was space and I literally was picking apart all of the things in my private practice career that I knew that I can't handle anymore like I can't handle being cooped up in a square box with no light for nine hours. I'm okay to work a 12 hour day, mm-hmm. but it needs to be in an environment that allows me to be creative and ergonomic. Like I'm tired of the neck pain and the back pain associated with having a crappy environment to work in. Amen. Um, oh. So if you can't find it, create it. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was the last office that I worked in. My boss is amazing. She's a visionary. So smart very kind, probably the best person that I've ever worked for. Mm -hmm. And I worked in that environment without a window and a tiny operatory where every time I tried to get from, from nine o'clock to 12 o'clock, I couldn't sit at 12. Mm -hmm. So there's no like surface towards surface away, chin up, chin down to the right, to the left business. Like that didn't exist. (laughs) It was, everything was at nine (laughs) o'clock. Right. Like shoulders up to my ears, looking like I had chicken wings. Exactly. And I was done. Like I was done and I, you know, waited as long as I could to give my resignation and it was sad and it was a lot of tears and I miss them greatly, but I am so grateful that I have the opportunity to do this and maybe help someone else do this. Yes. You know, it's a scary thing, any type of change. And I, I tell people that, um, it's almost like a grieving process. Every time I've made any type of career change or move, I have to grieve what I thought would have been the outcome of it, whether yeah. I left amicably or I left like hitting the road, like foot gas to the gas to the pedal, right? What is that? Um, pedal to the out gas. of here. <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> exactly. And it's like, I, um, I just recently left my adjunct position to work full time from home. And that yeah. was hard because I love, I love teaching, but I'm, my education right now is in a different form. So it is, uh, it was hard transition. I love the ladies. I just got texts today from them and, you know, I, I appreciate you, you know, yeah. I went to dinner. I went to dinner last night with one of the girls that I used to work with. Her name is Liliana Hinton. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she listens to your podcast, but if she does, she can hear her name. Um, she and I worked for a line together and that was like a tough moment in my life too, like leaving a line and starting my own speaking company. Um, 
anyways, we like had our dinner and had a glass of wine. And as we walked back to our car, like she burst into tears and she's like, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, what? Like I looked to her for advice and inspiration and motivation and all of the things that she was doing and to have her now, you know, my mentor almost look to me as a mentor. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Sorry. So a little couple of tears in the empty parking lot <laughs> downtown Toronto at 10 p.m. Just a couple of hygienists balling it out. Um, <laughs> oh man, but I'm gosh. sure I'm sure connecting on that way was so necessary, and it definitely keeps you motivated as you keep yeah. going forward. When you have yeah. people who care for you, who support you, who believe in you, who you know yeah. give that that push that when you need it, you know. I appreciate yeah Instagram has been an interesting uh, world for that too like you find dental hygienists all over the world that follow and message and they send dms asking questions and you know uh, I spoke at a study club last week mm-hmm. and it turned out that one of the girls there has been like following me on Instagram forever and she literally said to me if I ever get to meet you and Whitney together I might pee in my pants she said that <laughs> And a DM, I took a screenshot of it. I sent it to Whitney. I'm like, we got to make this happen. Like, you know, <laughs> people that you would be unsuspecting of, mm-hmm. um, just, they just need a push and a motivation and someone to look at. And Hey, I got my people that I look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we're in a good place. We really are. Like we are all in a really good place. Um, and even despite the negativity that happens, it's there for everyone. Yeah. And our, our, our internal negativity is the biggest part of it. I am my own worst enemy. Amen. Um, worst enemy. Like mm-hmm. I, I would, I'll say five negative things about myself before I say a positive all the time, every day, mm-hmm. any day of the week. We're all wired um, that way. Some yeah. Way I don't know. Others, I don't know what it is. What is it? It's natural. I mean, I don't know if you've ever listened to Les Brown, who's a motivational speaker. He says like, I think it's like 79 to 80% of our thinking will be always negative, which is why we have to consistently pour in positive information. So I read like two to three books a month and I'm constantly listening to positive things because I tend to be even more inclined to think in a negative way based on traumatic experiences in my life, in my childhood. So we're all inclined that way. And that's the same thing that, I don't know if you listen to Brene Brown, she talks about that. Um, Shame, the shame culture we live in, vulnerability, and that negative narrative that we tend to put in our minds with interactions with people towards ourselves. So I totally get it. I mean, all of us do, whether we like to admit it or not. I think we all need to admit it a little bit more. Yeah. Because then we're not all alone in our insecurities. Yeah, we all do. And that's, I think, you know, um, I think the hardest thing too is when we admire people. I've heard certain people say to me, um, man, you just have it all together. I thought you had it all together. No, I'm human being. There's times where days I wake up and I just feel like quitting everything. Quitting yeah, everything. I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. Today is the day I quit life. Right? Like, today is the day that I throw my hands up in the air and I move to the middle of nowhere yes. and raise some chickens. I don't yes. even know what that entails. I don't know how to raise chickens. I've never had chicken in my life. I, but I that seems like that would be the stress-free way to go. It's real. And that's why like I my podcast, 
I want people to understand when I interview people, amazing people like you and Whitney and all these other great people, Beyond the Profi is not about just leaving the op. It's about being a human being, digging in deep, knowing that we're enough and making and living a thriving life personally, professionally, whether you're inside or outside of the op. You You know, the funny, the funny thing you say about like leaving the op and that's like everyone's end game goal is like, I'm going to leave the op. I'm going to retire. I'm going to speak. I'm going to educate. I'm going to work for a company. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to go out of the op. And for the longest time, that's what I wanted until I realized that I was doing the in the op part wrong. Mm -hmm. I was sacrificing my health and myself. And that was the reason why I wanted to leave the op because I was unhappy with the way that I was doing things. So, you know, that was one of the reasons why now I'm opening my own business. And to think that, you know, Irene has all of the opportunities to no longer work in private practice. Like I could take more hours on at school. I could do more speaking gigs. I could bump up tooth life. I can make myself busy. But in the end, like I want to go back in the op and I want to do it the way that I know it should be done. Yes. Yes. And, and it's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, no. I'm just getting so pumped right now. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, it, that is, that is it, Irene. Like yeah. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many hygienists when I do coaching calls and, and they don't, they have no clue who they are. Yeah. They haven't taken any time to take care of themselves. And we're all guilty of that. We're service providers. We're used to taking care of our patients. When we got to come home, we got to take care of our dog, cat, husband, wife, whoever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the last thing you think about is taking care of yourself. Right. You know, yeah. My, so- my goal for this year was to say no more. I was very much, and I am very much a yes person and a, I'll say yes mm-hmm. and figure it out as I go. That was like basically my motto when I decided I wanted to do more with hygiene. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a say yes and figure it out as I go. That was just mm-hmm. like, my husband even knew that motto. I'd say yes to something. And then he'd look at me and like, hands up in the air like when are you gonna do this and how are you gonna do this and I you know would just like brush them off and I'll figure it out I'll figure it out yeah um but this year it's more of a no like I need to be more conscious of what makes me happy what message am I really trying to give to people what message am I trying to give to myself to my patients um bringing it more back to what brings me happiness and you know what in my upbringing like I grew up I don't know if you know much about like my upbringing, but I grew up in Romania, which was a communist country. Um, my parents were refugees. And when you say the word success in my family, success equals dollars. Um, it was always stacked up to how much money you made. That was what success was. And for the better part of my life and my career, I thought that that's what success was. Success was how much money goes in the bank. And it stressed me. Like, no wonder I married an accountant because literally I come home, I drop all the money, I give it to him. I don't even want to see it. I don't know where it goes, which is terrible to think that, you know, I, I've relinquished all of that power because I realized how stressful that was. And before we lived together and moved in together and got married and did the whole, you know, white picket fence crap. Um, that was how I saw success. And now I see success differently. I see it as mental stability, health, happiness, and a balance, the balance that I had been missing for so long. Um, yes. you know, that's success. Yes. Not, not how many Gucci bags you got or I how cool your any. stuff is. 
I went through a phase where that's what I wanted. All I wanted was, <laughs> was I thought that success meant having material things. Yeah. Um, and hey, I, you know, good things, expensive things last long. So I still have some. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Gucci shirt you have on? Listen to it, it is. It is. But I am a, my mama used to say to me that we're too poor to buy cheap things. And she was right. You know, mm-hmm. they last a lot longer. Cut yeah. this part out. <laughs> it makes me sound materialistic. Can you just edit that all out? You're not, you're not materialistic. You're not at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I appreciate you saying that. And it's, uh, it's so true. It's really true. All right. Mm-hmm. We got to wrap up. This is okay. such a fabulous conversation with you. I love it. Um, please answer this one question. What was the best personal or career advice you've ever received? Oh, best personal or career advice. Um, be humble. So I'm giving a lecture at um, ADHA with, his name is Dr. Robert Lee, and we're talking about motivation within our careers. So we are giving a lecture together. He's a dentist, I'm a hygienist. And when I went through that whole time in my life where I, you know, left a line and was starting my own speaking company, I was conflicted because I, you know, the organization that you have for speaking gigs within a large corporation is a lot different than if you were to handle them all yourselves. You know, you've got your logistics managers that do a lot of it for you. So you literally like book a flight, show up, speak and leave. Um, and, and I was conflicted and I asked Robert, like, how do I do this? Like, how do I take all of this on? And he said, be humble and everything will happen as it's meant to. And you know, he's right. Like he was right. Be humble, be thankful. Um, and make friends with all of your sales reps, the people that come to your door in private practice that just want to talk about toothbrushes and toothpaste and equipment, let them in because they are the gatekeepers to those contracts that you might want one day. Mm. That's some good advice right there. Very good. Yeah. All right. So tell the That's all I got. That's <laughs> good. It's good. That's it's it. Good. That's all. You got the best of it. <laughs> All right, so tell tell the listeners where they can find you. List them all, honey. List them oh, all. Oh, moly, holy moly. Okay, so <laughs> personal Instagram is at toothlife.irene. If you want to buy some toothy bling, you can go to at toothlife on Instagram. My private practice is toothlife studio. It's <laughs> my dog. His name is Lou. He's also on Instagram. He's Lou the dental dog because he's in training to be a therapy dog. So he's four months old and he's ringing the bell because he's telling me that he needs to go outside. Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah. He can also close the door too. He's very smart. You could just DM me toothlife.irene. That's yeah. the best place. Um, yes. and you can find all those other social media handles and places just from there. All right. Awesome. And check them out and tooth to dare podcast. Thank they you. I have a tooth to dare podcast Instagram page as well. So she's got to yes. walk her dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah, little guy. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the show. We value each and every one of you. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on beyondtheprofi.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend and leave us a review. We will see you next time, BTP family.